Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Episode 2 of Talking Smart with Pugh and McCart. I'm Andrew McCart. That's Joe Pugh, the Pugmeister himself. Joe, I'll tell you what. That's some swanky hotel room you're in, by the way. It's not bad. It's not bad. As fire hotel rooms go, it's one of the better ones I've stayed in. It's the Kimpton Clock Tower Hotel in Manchester. Being up here from Wednesday for the big fight week. Lee Wood, he avenged that loss against Maurizio Lara to become a two-time world champion. And it was a fantastic fight night, a fantastic week. And I'm sure we've got a lot to talk about, Andy. Definitely, because there was three world title fights on it this weekend. I'm, I'm obviously, you wouldn't have... Uh... Been able to watch the the Belfast show or the show down in Bournemouth, uh, but we'll touch on them. I, I jumped in and out. I had a couple of screens going in my house, so I'll touch on them. But for you, you were at Lee Wood Lara. Um, good fight week. Just tell me about how Lee's Lee's demeanor all fight week. How was it? I think both fighters were very cagey, as we later on found out. Maurizio Lara was struggling to make the weight, mm-hmm. and I think Lee Woods makes no mistake about it, he doesn't hide anything he struggles to make championship weight at featherweight but he's done it, um, he was on the scales, he made the weight in the end but I spoke to Lee on the Wednesday, the start of the week and there was just he was just so confident he was so, so confident he just knew what he needed to do, slight adjustments to make it work for him and at the end of the fight, I know we'll talk about the fight in a minute, but Ben Davison said, look, these have done 19 rounds together now. And Maurizio probably only won two or three of those in the 19 rounds. But we know he always had that equaliser, but he negated it really well. And he was so confident. And now, after seeing what I saw last night, I can understand why he was. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh... If you go back to the first fight with Lara, Ben Davidson, Lee Wiley, and Lee Wood, they obviously seen something in Lara to pick him. And like mm. I say, he was winning the fight until he tried to hook with a hooker. You know what I mean? And, and we saw what happened. I mean, the immediate rematch, I think they implemented the game plan that they were 
went to do in the first fight, they implemented it well. It was the manipulate that space with the jab, jab to the body, manipulate the space, manipulate the space. And when he comes in, land the uppercut. And we saw in the second round that the uppercut worked. So uh, for 12 rounds, it's hard to keep Lara off you, but to stay disciplined and have patience. And I think that was the key for Lee Wood last night. But sitting ringside, talking about what you saw in the fight and obviously the atmosphere, because I know a Manchester fight night is a, is, is a special night, but uh, I could hear it on the TV. It, was, it looked like a, a great buzz in there. First of all, Nottingham really did go up to Manchester in their masses last night. It was a fantastic atmosphere, better than I expected. Uh, me and Coogan were actually sitting next to Leewood's family throughout the fight, which is always interesting just to see that extra dynamic and when he did get that knocked down early on in the fight, it was kind of just hold your breath moment because as we saw in the first fight, it was going so well for him. But his small mistakes, fine margins at the pinnacle of this sport. Mm -hmm. And as we found out last time, Maurizio Lara is a very, very hard puncher. And I know we can after time, you can look back in hindsight. But I do think the weight probably did have a part in this because... If you look back, all the way back to kind of lockdown when Maurizio Lara come over for the first time as this unknown entity against Josh Warrington, in the build-up, he was always so confident with that fight. He was uh, very talkative to whoever was in the bubble, and it was kind of maintained that vibe throughout his time here as he's come over to the UK, his fourth time fighting. But there was something different about him this week. Again, we can all after time. There was a different edge about him. He wasn't in the best mood. But at the end of the day, you can take nothing away from Leewood. It was an absolutely fantastic performance. Mm. Credit to Ben Davison, Lee Wiley and Baza Smith because they got that game plan absolutely spot on. It was kind of textbook of beating Bronco Lara. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was listening to Ben in the, in the corner and uh, he was just saying everything right. There was nothing... There was nothing big he was asking from Lee Wood. He was just saying to him, discipline, patience, jab to the body. As he comes in, step back. As he comes in, what, do you know what I mean? He was just so... The game plan was there. And like I've, I've been around Ben and Lee as well and Baza. But you know what they're like with the laptops and how they study their opponents. They're, they're laser-focused in. Look at little minute little things that the a fighter does and they try and capitalise on it, which is, listen, that's new age coaching and Ben does it to an absolute T. Uh but Lee Wood is the WBA featherweight champion of the world. And that's tell you right now, Joe, the featherweight division for me is the best division in the whole of boxing. Absolutely mm. love that. And I've explained why about the fighters. You've got Brandon Figueroa, you've got Ray Vargas, you've got Rubsy Ramirez, McConnell, you've got Lopez, Lara, Wood, Warrington, Jazza Dickens, Ray Ford, uh, Ray Abbey. Jeez, man, you've got loads that I've probably missed out a couple more, but it, the, the top 10 or top 15 in that division can easily be world champions in their own right. And just keep playing hot potato with these world titles. There's mm. a difficult champion every week, it seems, in this division. So it's it's the best division to be in for me. And I think that now that Lee Wood, who boxed to the, the absolute perfection, the game plan you, 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 you spoke about there, um, it sets up that Josh Warrington fight either be in Nottingham or Leeds. I think that uh, Lee Wood wants it in Nottingham. I think yeah. that's what Lee wants. I think um, Josh would be more than happy to go to uh, Nottingham as well because he's fought in Leeds 
over such a long period of time now. I know he had the one fight behind closed doors doors at Wembley, so you can't really include that one because there was no crowd there. But Josh Warrington has always wanted an away day. He's always wanted to take his base out to a different part of the world. I know it was always preferably the United States, but all go down to that city ground, half and half. It'd be absolutely massive. It's going to be a difficult task, as Eddie Earn said last night after the fight, because once the season starts, you've got to time it right. You might have to have a little bit of luck on your side with maybe an away day, then an international break. But we do know there are September international breaks, so hopefully it can be done. But I think kind of something that shocked me when he first said it, but then taking time to look back at it, it kind of makes sense, is that Lee Wood said he's probably only got two more fights. Mm. And it's so important for him to have that city ground. He said he wants that fairy tale ending for him. So with that being said, we know we want Josh Warrington, but who's the other fight for him? If if you could, in an ideal world, who do you think, Andy, is the two fairy tale fights for Lee Wood to kind of top off what's been a fantastic roller coaster of a career? I think you would have put it be a unification fight. Would you bring Lopez over? Because now Lopez is known because he's beat yep. McCollin and he's beat Warrington. Uh, you've got all the other world champions. You've 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 got Jazza Dickens. Believe it or not, that Jazza Dickens right, might not be a, a big selling fight. It might not sell at the city ground, but he is in the featherweight division. He does hold a, an IBO world title, which uh, probably people don't think that is a, a world title, but it is a world title in its own right. It's a piece of the puzzle, as some fighters might yep. call it, and. Uh, I don't know, you, probably a unification. Do you know what I mean? The, the unification fight, the, the thing, but it'd have to be a name that, that that would sell. I mean, Nick Ball last night, he put on a, a great performance at uh, uh, the co-main out in Belfast last night. I watched his fight. He's a little absolute dynamo, a mini Mike Tyson. Um, I don't know. I, honestly, the only one that makes sense is Josh Wrongton. I think that's the only one that would... I think Lee would probably sell out the, the city ground in his own right, but it would have to be for a unification. Rob Ramirez... Lopez, uh, Ray Ford maybe because he's been he's fought the he's fought in Nottingham before Ray Ford, Jazza Dickens, Nick Ball, but the one for me it has to be just Josh Warrington I think you think you said the football fans of Nottingham and Leeds that that fifty fifty split down the middle atmosphere will be tremendous, um, but who who do you think do you you got anyone in your mind do you ask me that question because you were half thinking of a name that I didn't mention there, I think next. Warrington, mm-hmm. if he were to beat Josh, I'd love to see the Lopez fight. You mentioned that the featherweight division, in your opinion, is probably the best division. And part of that is because a lot of these guys have fought each other. If you look, Josh Warrington's fought Lara twice. Lara's fought Lee Wood twice now. Conlon Wood. Lopez Warrington. Lopez Conlon. Mm-hmm. They're all mixing it up. And that kind of two belts, the WBA and the IBF, where they've been kind of mixed around a lot, they've all fought each other. They're all quite well known in this country. That Even the likes of Luis Alberto Lopez, he's fought kind of including Isaac Lowe. If you remember, he fought Isaac Lowe at your call. Mm. Um, fantastic fight and put him down with the first punch and then went back to the States, comes back over to uh, obviously fantastic performance December last year against Josh Warrington, then I'm sure we'll move on to it in a minute. But that Conlon stoppage last night, which, again, it's quite difficult to watch at points, but 
fantastic performance from Luis Alberto Lopez. Well, I'll tell you what, though, uh, Joe, that was probably a perfect segue now to jump yes. into the Collingwood fight. Well done to you, man. You're just smooth at your job, man. I'll tell you what, them Instagram stories as well, the performance seal. You're good on the camera, mate. The performance seal. You're good on the yeah. camera, but a face for radio. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, mate. I agree. <laughs> I'm only joking, young man. My voice, your face, mate. That's what we'll do. Oh, Bit not my face, mate. This is, you want this grey beard or this bald head, <laughs> mate? None of that. Eh, yeah, Mick Collin last night. I, I, I think you probably watched the knockout. You saw what the knockout was. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it was in the fifth round, I believe, if I remember. But Mick Collin was boxing. The first two rounds was boxing great. He was keeping him at range. But the thing with the uh, with Lopez, he's got such a a weird style, a style that you probably want, you, you don't want, you don't teach. I mean, he swings yeah. big arse winders, he pulls his hand right behind his arse and he swings what big looping shots like that. Um, so Mick was trying to control the distance in the southpaw stance, um, jabbing at the body, that, that big, the same shot that he knocked Lee Wood down the overhand left hand. Uh, he was landing a couple of times and he landed some decent shots on Lopez, but Lo Lopez just kept on coming forward and it was just one of them ones where I don't know, it was just because he's got such an unorthodox style, even though Mick was trying to control the, the, the range, he was just lunging in with big shots, mm. do you know what I mean? And then as he was lunging in, he was lunging in with another big shot, and it works for him. It's not a technique that I would teach, or I would, if I any of the fighters in the gym that I've got, I wouldn't say to them, listen, pull your pull your ass, pull your, your fist right behind your ass, and then swing. It just it just wouldn't I just wouldn't teach that. It's just he's but listen, I'm not saying that he's a terrible boxer for that because he he, he did through the right uppercut. He rocked Mick in the third round, I think it was, with a right uppercut. He followed it up with a left hook. And then in the fifth round, did that again, he, he just sort of like Mick ducked in and then he threw the uppercut and landed on on, on Mick. Um, it was just a... It, it, it was it was a good performance from, from Lopez. And uh, I got it for Mick because, I mean... That Belfast crowd and that Belfast fans, I mean, that, that gives you that extra 10%. I'm sure that's what they, they did to Mick last night. I got sucked in um, to this fight because I thought that Conan would be able to outbox him and probably thought he would win on points in Belfast, get that crowd behind him. And from what I've seen, the atmosphere looked absolutely amazing. I watched the third round. Um, and I know I've watched the knockout. Um, the third round is when I think Lopez really started to put the punishment on and we saw that crowd roar. But I think it can't be underestimated how unorthodox Lopez's style is. And because it's so out of the ordinary, it's very, very hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I think credit has to be put on Josh Warrington's name now because if he just started a bit quicker in that fight, he could probably still be the IBF world champion right now. Mm -hmm. he, at the latest stages of that fight, he was winning it and in the end, closed the gap on those scorecards. It ended up being a close decision. Um, but absolutely gutted for Michael Condon. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know where he goes now. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that. But Luis Alberto Lopez, there's a lot of big fights for him and he's a danger man in the division now. Definitely, man. I, I, I was half thinking if, if Lara won and Lopez won, could you imagine Lopez, Lara? But now it's like, I can imagine any of these featherweights. I mean, Mick can probably stay down at featherweight. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not one of them. He's, he's lost two world title fights against two yeah. 
two two fighters. I mean, the Lee Wood fight, he was winning the fight until he got caught in the last 30 seconds. Do you know what I mean? And he dropped Lee Wood in that fight. So it was one of them, it's, it's one of them things, you know, boxing yourself, Joe, it, it, one punch can change anything. And that's just, Mick's just been on the wrong end of it the last two world title fights. Um, can he rebuild? He probably can rebuild because that fan base in Belfast and Ireland is unreal. He's always going to have that support. He can always bring in the, uh, he can always sell a fight in Belfast with any name, if that makes sense. He can bring in any of the world champions. He can bring in a Brandon Figueroa, a, a Robsy Ramirez, a, a Nick Ball, maybe, uh, a Jazza Dickens for the IBO world title. Listen, Jazza Dickens, he's based out on Ireland now. Jazz has made it clear to me that he would love to fight Mick for the Celtic world title, whatever that means. Um, even though Jazz is not a Celtic man, he's, he's from Liverpool, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that at a later date. But listen, Mick can, Mick can rebuild. He's got that fan base. He's got a huge, huge support. And he'll stick by Mick. Frampton done it. Katie Taylor's done it. No, I mean, look at the Irish. They stick by their own and they'll stick by Mick no matter what. So Jazz Dickens against Mick Conlon for the IBO world title. Why not? I can see that. I can see that. If not, could he, is, is he tight at the weight, at featherweight? Who knows? Would he move up to super featherweight? But I think for, for Mick, I think a good fight for him would be a Jazza Dickens. Um, rebuild like he did last time after Lee would fight. Get a couple of good wins under his belt again. And then Jazza Dickens in Belfast. Why not? 100%. I think that fight... Oh, I didn't personally think of that fight. And it does make sense. Obviously... It's up to Conlon what he does now. He probably needs to take time, probably with his family, with his team, to rethink his next steps. But it certainly be very, very interesting. I think probably move on to the the next and final world title fight that take place yeah. in the UK. Uh, this time at the bottom of the United Kingdom, Bournemouth, a stadium fight. Chris Billum Smith in front of his home crowd for years in the making. He's always wanted. That opportunity to fight in the Vitality Stadium, he took it with both hands and he done a job on his old stable mate, Lawrence O'Coley. He took that cruiserweight title off of him and he shocked a lot of people. You know what it's like, Andy, when you're around these fight weeks, even though I wasn't in Bournemouth, but you're talking to members of the media, people yeah. around boxing. And I was, we were saying, has Billum Smith got a chance on Saturday night? And... No one said he didn't have a chance, but a lot of people were saying, obviously it can't be underestimated how tricky Lawrence O'Coley is. They both know each other so well. But again, another fantastic game plan from Chris Billum smith Yeah. I mean, it was a, I'm going to be honest, it was a frustrating fight to watch. Um, very, very frustrating. I mean, not many punches were going in. Uh, and the punches that did go in was... It was one-two hold from Akoli, and then the referee obviously deducted two points from him. But then Billum Smith, like even though you can see Billum Chris was getting very, very frustrated with the holding and whatnot, he kept his cool. He wasn't complaining, and he wasn't doing anything, and then he managed to get a knockdown, another knockdown, and then he knocked down again in the eleventh round. I think it was what six, six, ten, eleven. I think it was the the knockdowns. I can't quite remember. Um. So he got them three knockdowns, which was beneficial to him, and the two point deductions. Now there was a judge who had the the, the fight a draw. Now I was trying yeah. to do the maths on that, right? If Bill Smith got five, ten, eight rounds, yeah, and he, so that's five rounds, the ten points up in the first five rounds. Let's just say that, right? 
yeah. and then seven, then Okoli won the last seven rounds. That's still a 113, 110 went to um, CBS, Chris Bill Smith. So where did the where did the judge that gave him a draw? Where did, he, did we get the two the the two point deductions and uh the knockdown? Did he give it a two a, a ten nine? Like I don't understand. Like there was there wasn't an, a, a round that a, a Coley was absolutely dominating when he got the knockdown. He never came back from the knockdown and dominated the round. That you could probably say, well, do you know what I mean? You can give that a ten nine round because as I was speaking to uh, a British referee, a very very famous, uh, well-known British referee, and I was talk, talk to him about, I wouldn't name his name, and talked to him about judging and scoring fights. And he said to me, if I was fighting you, Andrew, and I knocked you down in the first second of the of a round, but then you came on and you absolutely annihilated me for the next two minutes and 59 seconds, or 50 seconds, whatever it will be, right? Is that still a 10-8 round to me? Or do you get a 10-9 back? And I was like, well, you'd probably give it a 10-9. So that's, that's how he broke it down to me. So I was yeah. like, well, I can't see where a 10-9 round can come in for a Coley, if, if that makes sense. So I don't understand where that judge got that 112-112 um, scorecard from, but I don't know. Oh, as I say, like, obviously, I got back from the show very, very late, so I haven't watched the whole fight. But just reading what everyone said, and I've seen the knockdowns, I've seen some of the holding, and like you said, it was probably a frustrating fight, but I think a lot of people expected that. No one was shocked that it uh, played out the way it did style-wise. Mm-hmm. But 112-112 was just absolutely bizarre. Uh, I just, I don't think it can be justified just to have kind of what should realistically be five, ten, eight rounds. It's, First it's, of all, yeah. move, taking away the, the, the holding, taking away the point deductions, when do you ever see a fight lose on the a fight or lose on the scorecards with three knockdowns? Anyway, it's very, very rare. Very rare. Very, 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 rare. very rare, very rare. Because that's six rounds up, really, if you look at it like exactly. that. Yeah, it's crazy. Joe, your your screen's froze a little bit there, mate. I don't know. I don't know. Your face hey, is frozen. Oh god, that don't look good. No, it's all right, man. It's your beautiful face. I'm not sure people that are watching on YouTube, but if, if they're listening on Spotify and whatnot, they don't mind. But uh, it's all good. We can still hear you. Um, I might redo it. Let's have a look. Uh, we'll keep them entertained. Am I don't back? Worry, don't worry about it. And you can see, I was just talking about... Uh, Chris Bill Smith as well. How you did you see him in the in the ring after? Yeah, emotional, you, mate. Emotional. emotional, exactly. Have you seen how much that meant to him? And even a frustrating night. You're probably selling up. There we go. There he's back. There we go. Back. Um, yeah, I think selling out the the Vitality Arena in front of what 15,000 fans. You probably want to give them a little bit of excitement. Do you know what I mean? You want to, you, and he did, he knocked the Coley down three times, but you'd probably want to be in that fight where there's ups and downs, there's drama. Do you know what I mean? There's big shots landing, but there was a lot of holding last night. And I mean, that was, that's, that's a Coley's, that's his style. Do you know what I mean? It's that boom, boom, big jab, big right hand. Uh, exactly. He was very, very gracious in defeat, uh, Lawrence Coley. So fair play to him in that. And he's act, he's going to activate the, the rematch uh, clause as well, it's, it seems like. But, well done to Chris Bill Smith. Meant a lot to him. You've seen how much it meant to him. And uh, yeah, 
uh, I like when this when boxing is thriving. I like that. Yeah. Um, but I think having trying to watch on your phone and watching the TV, and I've got kids running about. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's difficult. I had to kick them to bed early on. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's difficult to have three shows in one night because I mean, you got to pick pick your poison, really, don't you? But it is what it is. Um, it was a good night, but I, again, I just want to touch on something that's away from what we're talking about here. I just want to say that this year alone, I, I, I thought about it, right? Think about this year, the fights we've had this year. We've had Eubank Smith at the beginning of the year. Great fight. We've had Yard Bertabieb. Great fight. Wood Lara won. Great fight. We've had Juan Benavidez. Great fight. We've yeah. had Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia. Great fight. We've had Woodlara too. We've had all these. We've had even just look McCon and Lopez. We've had this Chris Bum Smith, Lawrence Coley fight out in the states. We've had Canelo Ryder as well in Mexico. Now we've got Spence Crawford come up in July. There's, there's murmurings and whispers. You've heard it all the time that these heavyweights might get it on with each other. Joshua Wilder, Fury, Usyk, that might go ahead as well at the end of the year. So the fact that we've got Spence Crawford in July, we've had Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia. I think 2023's. Now when June come up in June halfway through the year, I think uh, it's not been a bad year. It's not been a bad year. It certainly hasn't, and hopefully we can get those heavyweights. I know it's a blank fight week next week, no major boxing, certainly our side of the Atlantic. So we'll probably go into that heavyweight scenario. Let's see how it plays out because it updates every 10 minutes, it seems, as people put tweets out, as people put information out, and we'll definitely talk about Spence Crawford. But, yeah, I think boxing is starting to look a bit healthier, and that's what we need. We need boxing to be in a healthy place. Gives us more to sink our teeth into. Um, But just before we do start to wrap this up, Andy, I just want to give a quick mention to Jack Carroll last night on the undercard in Manchester. 15 months out of the ring. Um, a couple of promoters later, uh, rescheduled fight, postponed fight, cancelled fights since the Josh Taylor fight. And he got in there, he, he turned it on. Dara Foley, a tough, tough, tough man. He'll come again against some game opponents. I'm sure promoters will be looking to use him as a fantastic measuring stick mm. for these world-level guys. And now... Jack Carroll spoke to him after the fight. Let's see him in against Regis Brogay. He wants the big names. He wants, like, Devin Haney. He's going to be moving up to 140. Uh, Tank, he's going to be around 140. The names are there for Jack Carroll. Let's get these fights made. And he's certainly got the talent for it. Definitely. I think uh, that you mentioned there that that 140-pound division as well is 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 a good division as well. And these fights, are get, they can get made now. It seems to me that the, if the fighters just... Tank Davis Garcia got made because the fighters spoke to each other. Spence Crawford got made because the fighters were on the phone to each other, getting things organised themselves. I think if you want to fight a fighter, give them a message, give them a call, and uh, then get the promoters involved and stuff like that. I think that's the best way. But we'll end up on this. Joe, I saw that shirt you wore uh, at the press conference day or the weigh-in day. Um, man, you're, you're, you're a cool Oops. cat. I'll give you that, brother. Oops. I'll give you that. Well, I, I'll be honest, I did flap it a little bit. I flapped it a little bit, I'll be honest. Um, I did have it on. I then took it off for the way in because I was like, no, nah, no, too much attention is going to be on me. I need to do some work. But I did put it back on when I went out later. Uh, yeah, but as ever, thank you very much, Andy. Um, 
We've got a lot of content coming out over the next couple of days. It's been a very, very packed week for the IFL feed with three shows. Three uh, shows, I think, five, six people on the ground putting out content every single day. So please give that a watch. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, at IFL TV. But there's a very, very golden bit of content, I'd like to say, that will be coming out at some point today. I'm going to give this a plug. For the first time in six years, O'Hara Davis and Eddie Hearn come head to head. And I must admit, you've got to watch this. You have to watch OD and Hearn go head to head because it does not fail to entertain. Good stuff. I've seen a little clip of it. I think, did you post something on Instagram? And I think I saw it last night. There was a. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw it last night. So, listen, I'm looking forward to that. I'll catch up with everything today. I know Raza was in Bournemouth and Colm was out in Belfast, you and Coogan there. So, yeah, good one. It's, it's, uh, until we meet again, Joe, I think, listen, we need to do a fight week together. I don't think we've, we've done one yet. So, when you jump on yeah. that train with Coogan, let them know. We need to do a fight week very, very soon and get this, uh, do this show while we're on the ground, which will be which will be fun. But listen, Joe, get safe journey home. I know your train's in half an hour's time. So, safe journey home, mate. Uh, keep smashing what you're doing. You're doing very well. And uh, I'll speak to you next week. See you next week, Andrew. Thank you very much. And Cheers, guys. make sure you're listening. Cheers, mate. Listen, Spotify, all the major platforms, YouTube, everywhere you can find us. Have a look for us and give us a thumbs up. That would be appreciated. But Joe, as always, speak to you soon, brother. See you next week. Cheers, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.